Welcome to On Thursdays We Thrive podcast. We are licensed therapists here on Long Island, New York. Our goal is to provide tools and resources to anyone considering starting therapy and to fight the stigma of mental health through a millennial lens. Even though we are licensed therapists, our podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not a replacement for individual psychotherapy. To book a session with us, head on down to longislandteletherapy.com. So have a seat and get ready to thrive, learn, explore, and grow with us. Welcome back to another episode of On Thursdays We Thrive. I'm Liana. And I'm Sam. And today we're concluding our season three with a final episode to discuss the topic of imposter syndrome, which we've always felt like is super important to kind of talk about, bring awareness to, um, as we've seen it, like among not just ourselves, but our friends, colleagues, people in the field who have struggled with this in a lot of ways and might be unaware of that they're even experiencing it and that it could really impact their mental health, ability to show up in their profession, achieve goals in whatever profession they're in. Yeah, so we wanna be able to explore that for everyone and hopefully give a few tips and maybe signs if we don't even know what this is. Yes, yes. So let's dive in twerk low and grow. So I guess I'll go first. So mine is that, so I was away last weekend for a bachelorette party, uh, for four days. And of course I've shared how much I like going to the gym and everything like that. But like, it's so interesting when you see how being away and then coming back can have a positive impact on your ability in the gym, because I was like lifting heavier. I was lasting longer, like cardiovascularly wise. And obviously I consciously know that, that when you take days off, which I always try, always do, um, it gives your body an ability to recover and repair. And so then I wasn't surprised that I was able to lift heavier, but it was like kind of reinforcing that idea. So it was like a nice, pleasant surprise. Yeah. I think it's so funny that you just said that I was, I literally just said that to my friend the other day, cause she was kind of surprised, but it's like, we know these things, but it's still like a nice, like you said, like reassurance of that. But like, she does orange theory every day and she used to do it seven days a week, sometimes twice wow. a day. She Holy started shit. Doing, like becoming a power walker. If like, I think you can run and power walk mm-hmm. and then, you know, did it like four to five times a day. And she's like, and now I just like it decreased my mile time from this. And that was always, whenever I did CrossFit, I did so much better when I took time off, but it's so hard to take time off when we're not used to it. It is. It's super mental. And I've had this conversation even with a client recently and it is, it is very, it's very mental. Um, I've sometimes had to force myself knowing it'll be beneficial. Um, so my grow is that like, you know, I've talked about how I've gotten into journaling again and, and I'm kind of like this up and down flow with it for some reason. So I'm like trying to, be consistent or like, but like also being okay that with the fact that maybe I'm not there right now. Mm -hmm. And because I'm actually spending a lot of my time reading, which has been a new kind of hobby that I've been into. And I'm really into, like I've said, like psychological thrillers and memoirs. And so I'm like, okay, maybe that's my relaxing decompress habit right now. Not habit. You know what I mean? Like hobby right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, be a habit. Yeah, I know. I hope it's, you know, then the more you do something, the more it becomes a habit. Right. Um, so, so yeah, just like meeting myself where I'm at with that. So I love that. If you need a book recommendation, holler at your girl. 
Um, but uh, what's your glow and grow, Sam? They're kind of interrelated. Um, recently, just feeling, um, you know, kind of overwhelmed with a lot of decision making. I, I'm not a big fan of change. Yep. And uh, doing what's best for us sometimes, or not being totally sure what's best for us and kind of challenging mm-hmm. that for ourselves or feeling like we're going to let people down doing what's best for us is really difficult. Um, so that's really, I'm starting with my grow with that is really difficult, but the glow aspect of it is just having major support and being given new opportunities, no matter what that looks like. And yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know it's cliche. And I said this to you of like, when one door closes, another one opens and it never feels like that in the moment. Mm -hmm. But then like when, at least for me and my experience, when I've been like, let's say a year down the line or even a couple months and I look back and I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful. I made that change. Right. Because like, if I didn't, like it was hard because any change is hard, but if I didn't, I wouldn't be where I am right now and learned from it because we can only make changes with the certain information we have, right? We can't right. go into the future and then be like, yep, okay, I'll make this choice. So that's, I think, what makes it so difficult. So, yeah, it's, and when a lot is changing at once, I think it, it becomes overwhelming, but, you know, we take it in doses and we grow through it. Exactly. I think everyone can relate to that. It's, you know, it's a human feeling. We've all been there. So it's good stuff. So when we come back, we're going to discuss maybe some signs, like we mentioned, of imposter syndrome, maybe in the workplace or just in our overall life, and maybe where they can come from or what triggers us. Hi, my name is Gordon Gooding. I'm the founder and director of the Gooding Wellness Group. We are a group of mental health providers that offer individual and family counseling here on Long Island. I wanted to come on to talk briefly about how excited we are to be partnering with Leanna and Sam on this amazing podcast on Thursdays We Thrive. The podcast goals of talking about mental health and breaking down the stigmas of asking for help are a shared passion for each of us. Our team at Gooding Wellness provides counseling for all ages with a special emphasis on supporting families. We're available for in-person sessions here in Cold Spring Harbor, New York, we also offer virtual sessions throughout New York State through our Long Island teletherapy service. To find out more, you can reach us at goodingwellness.com or at longislandteletherapy.com or by calling us at 631-351-2940. Remember, there is nothing you need to face alone. Until then, keep listening, be deliberate with your mental health, and keep thriving. Okay, so what is imposter syndrome? Some of us may be asking. And definition-wise, it's an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. So we're going to get into signs of that in a minute, but I want to also just talk about how that can come to be because Mm -hmm. we may think, all right, yeah, I just have low self-esteem sometimes or, you know, not really understand where this is coming from. But if we don't feel competent in what we're doing, we may be performing less than we what we're actually capable of doing. So if we're feeling incompetent through a majority of your life, like due to self-comparison, if we're always comparing ourselves, maybe that can trigger us 
And if our parents maybe were comparing us to a sibling Mm -hmm. or setting a really high standard for us to achieve that we felt was out of reach, or maybe it really was difficult. And it was something that just was, like I said, like setting the bar too high for it. What are some other things that this can develop from? Yeah. I'm thinking about like even my own personal experience or like even being in any field where like, if you're younger in the field, right. Like coming into this field, for instance, like we were, I think I was 23. So kind of being, I remember feeling like being young in the field can bring an imposter syndrome because it's kind of like feeling as though we need to prove our capabilities Mm -hmm. or skills because, you know, again, like you said, with the comparison, I could compare myself to people who've been in the field for 30 years. Right. Or if I have someone who walks in, that's like middle-aged and here I am at 23, like how can the narrative can be, how can I help this person? Right. I remember like sitting in my first job in group therapy, um, my, it was my internship and it was a bunch of middle-aged men. And I'm like, what do they know who I am? Like, I, like, did I, like, I, I don't know. Am I fooling everyone? So like, I, I think age can also have an impact in this. Um, totally. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've maybe touched on this before, but it's, it's funnier now, but still, I mean, sometimes it's a struggle too, but definitely in the beginning of our field, particularly if we aren't parents and we're helping parents mm-hmm. or people that are married. And someone once told me like, well, do doctors need to have cancer in order to cure you? Right. And they don't. Right. So same thing applies. Like we have the tools and resources, <clears throat> of course, things help if we have mm-hmm. personal experience in it, we could become more passionate in it, but that's where it's ability to trust within ourselves that we are professionals and what we do where we're capable of doing those things and even if someone's been in the field for 60 plus years or whatever it doesn't mean that they're the most competent in it either or the most ethical and that's something that is really hard to understand and we might have different knowledge than them but it doesn't mean that we're not incapable and I think of like a lot of times with internships Mm -hmm. um, there was a big thing, especially when I was an intern, like of people reporting like, oh, she, they're just the intern. And that really makes someone feel less. Yes. <laughs> they shouldn't even be seeing clients or doing things within their work, no matter what that is, whatever internship it is related to your field. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's funny because I felt that way when I was an intern, because I felt like I put the stigma on myself. And like what I'm hearing in a lot of this is like the stigma. So like I had the stigma that on myself that interns were like these people no one liked. And so I was actually very quiet and timid until people were kind of helping me get out of my shell and, and made me realize that like everyone there was an intern at one point. So it was, it kind of helped the imposter syndrome in that way and, and reduce the stigma that I had against being an intern or being young or new to the field. So it's important to touch base with what are your own, uh, I, I don't want to say the word stigma again, but like yeah, stigma or like beliefs right. around these things. Right. The stigma. So like people don't have to be outright saying they're the intern. And it makes me think of, you know, even children with learning disabilities in schools and if they're put into a different classroom setting and things Mm -hmm. are different than when we were in school, but um, whether 
people knew about it or not, or who was outright said if, you know, people thought less than or not, or they were just categorized into something that can sit with you because maybe they weren't challenged in school Mm -hmm. to the best of their ability because they said, well, I'm in this particular class, or I have this label of a learning disability, or maybe they're diagnosed with ADHD or ADD. So I must not be able to Mm -hmm. do these things properly. So then going on to other areas of school and learning, you may feel like, well, if people around me are saying the test is hard, there's no way that I'm going to be able to pass this. Or I can't go for that profession because I was in these classes or I have this diagnosed learning disability. So I think that that really can set the stage of how we view ourselves in professions later on in life as well. For sure. For sure. Like I hear, like the, like you said, the word label where mm-hmm. we've now labeled ourselves based on what people have told us. Right. And then it kind of goes back to like the, the comparison and, and like, not just how parents impact us sometimes or families, but now school. And then it kind of goes into, um, it goes into the workplace. Mm-hmm. So right. let's get into maybe some signs of imposter syndrome in the workplace, because this can, I think, help a lot of people it, kind of tap into themselves or see their environment and see like, okay, am I doing this? Or like, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. So the first one that is definitely very common is seeking validation or like second guessing your work and only at- attaching your performance to external validation. So if like I'm doing some sort of work and like, of course we want someone to check it over sometimes that's totally cool. But is it like constantly seeking validation externally mm-hmm. and lacking the confidence in your abilities and constantly second guessing the work that you're doing until let's say a supervisor or a director or a higher up is giving you that validation that you can finally breathe. And sometimes even if they give us that validation and that might still not be enough. Because if we don't have that confidence from within, someone can give us, you know, validation all day, but it only goes so far. I always say like, you can't really reassure anxiety Mm -hmm. and obsessive thoughts like that because it's never going to be enough. We have to be willing to expose ourselves to it and prove to ourselves that we're capable. Yes. Yes. And kind of going with that, it's, it's. I think imposter syndrome also holds people back from beginning things. Like I've heard, I've had friends say like, oh, I want to do this, but I'm afraid of failure or I have a lot of fear. And it's like, okay, if it fails, it fails, but it could also thrive and succeed. So it holds us back from a lot of things. Yeah. I don't think we're told that enough that like we can, it's a, of course now, I mean, I maybe hear it more now, but definitely growing up and being in high school, it wasn't often that it was said like fail, like Mm -hmm. we want to fail almost because we want to be able to learn from it. And I know I mentioned it before, but you know, if we feel like we're comparing ourselves to other people of if I'm, if they're struggling through this, there's no way, whether they're older, Mm. more, we think they're wiser or even being challenged in a job through someone, like if you're in sales and the person you're selling to is saying like, everything you're saying doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, again, that could be a trigger, but also you basing your validation off of them and their input rather than being able to look inward and like confidently 
be aware of that for ourselves, So we feel like we can't achieve those things. Um, yeah. Or if we have maybe anxiety of just being fired, mm-hmm. but without that feedback. Mm, like kind of testing what even evidence has told me that I'm going to get fired. And like, right. I think it's also allowing, like going to back to what you were saying about like the failure, mm-hmm. it's allowing ourselves to fail. That like, we're not supposed to be perfect. That's I think what I'm kind of going towards more of like, we're not supposed to be perfect at it. Like even, even if we've done a certain profession and we're going into a new job, it's still different. So there's always going to be a learning curve and and it's, you're not supposed to know everything as soon as you begin and and that's okay. Um, So I kind of goes, I guess when it goes back to signs of imposter syndrome, it's kind of like high, having high, high expectations of yourself. Right. Not realistic. And if we have these high expectations, we also might be overworking ourselves because we're trying to prove so much. Mm-hmm. So you know, I said like, we have to prove it to ourselves, but we may not be doing it in the right manner. Proving ourselves in a healthy way of saying like, no, I can do this, like a positive affirmation, which we'll get into tips later, but we may be on overdrive. We're overworking ourselves, saying like, but as we're overworking ourselves, we're saying you're so incompetent or mm-hmm. going to suck anyway. We're going to fail anyway about our own long-term success with it. And so we're overworking ourselves, becoming more exhausted, which is going to equal lower performance and just long-term bad results. Right. So it's just such a bad cycle to mm-hmm. be into, but we think we're actually helping ourselves by self-sabotaging and being negative because it's like, well, I knew I wouldn't make it. So it's like right. a protection for ourselves. Like we're setting ourselves up knowing that if I fail, I won't be shocked. I won't be disappointed because I already knew it. If something better comes out of it, great. Mm-hmm. It's like that self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Like, well, I didn't think I could do it anyway. So here right. I am. Right. So I feel like many people can relate to all of this. I know I can in, in a lot of aspects oh, yeah. and, and have in the past and it takes a lot of work. And I think a big sign is tapping into your self-talk. How is your self-talk when you do certain tasks or confidence levels or your abilities that alone can be first for sure like fire signs mm-hmm. of imposter syndrome fully agree and why don't we leave them with some tips all right let's do it So we kind of here and there, we're mentioning some tips and things to look out for, but more specifically, right? So if we're not, if we're talking poorly about ourselves and putting it out there, like we said, that defense or protection, self-fulfilling prophecy, if we're saying that out loud over and over again, we might not realize how harmful that is 
And really what that's doing is teaching ourselves to fully believe that and then act on that. So we have to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't entirely believe it in our gut at the moment, we have to say aloud and present to other people that we are capable of these things. Even if we're not feeling as confident inside, presenting as confident. You know, our posture, our tone of speech mm-hmm. and calming ourselves down so we don't you know, feel shaky or get disoriented when speaking. So faking it till we make it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a lie unless we make it a lie, right? So the more, Liana, you brought it up before, the more we practice anything, the easier it becomes for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we will then act as such and then eventually become that role. Yeah. And, and kind of going along with positive affirmation is that I always say, if let's say we're already stuck in kind of this negative self-talk and maybe switching to the positive the other end of the spectrum is a little difficult. Mm-hmm. Can we meet ourselves maybe neutral where right. instead of saying, oh, I'm a shitty therapist or whatever, maybe it's, I'm just a therapist. Like, can we take away that negative connotation? Mm-hmm. And then if we meet ourselves in the middle, maybe the next step is I'm doing the best I can, or I am doing a good job or I help that person. Mm-hmm. Right. So like kind of meeting ourselves in the middle, if let's say we can't, go all the way. Right. Um, another ourselves wherever we're at, but also just, sorry, just to cut no, you off, no. to celebrate small things that are going on. So that's where the comparison aspect can be really detrimental. So I'll take taking tests, for example, even though we are focusing on the workplace, but taking tests, for example, if we were not a good test taker for a while and we're feeling like, um, okay, I really need to pass this test or I need to do well in school, whatever it is. And everyone else was doing well in the test. But for you, you have a tendency to maybe not do well in the test, but you ended up doing well. We may think we can't celebrate that because mm-hmm. everyone else did well. Mm. So we really have to be aware of that. And if like take therapists, for example, if you know, people have success with a lot of clients and you're new to the field and you finally, you know, help someone out or something, you know, a wall gets broken down, whatever that looks like. And you don't feel like you can say it because, well, this happens for all these therapists, you know, Mm -hmm. this is just the norm, the norm, but celebrate it. Yeah. Celebrate those things. Because if we don't, we're not going to know how we're even growing or progressing through this. Yeah. I love that one a lot because it's like, even if we can think of, well, I should be doing this, but like, who cares if it's a good thing and it makes us feel good. Like, let's just recognize it. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea of imposter syndrome does actually breed shame because shame makes us feel like there's a, like, we don't deserve love or belonging or acceptance. Mm-hmm. So if we hide these feelings in silence, the shame just in- increases and increases. So according to Brene Brown, and I always trust her to relinquish shame, we have to connect with other people because it makes us believe that we're deserving of love and belonging and acceptance. So find people, colleagues, friends that you can align with that have your support that know, you know, that are confident in you and can kind of help you through it or just kind of like be there for you. Yeah. Um, really improving that connection so that we don't sit with this in isolation. 
I really like that. And that's so true. I think that by doing that, like you said, getting the support and just feeling like, all right, you know, that if a lot of other people are saying that I'm I'm not doing so bad, all right, great. We don't need to seek that out. Mm -hmm. Just feeling comforted by other people in that way. We don't need to get so, so much reassurance from it. Yes. Like it's not the external validation. Like we mentioned before, right? heavily external validation, but it's support different. Right. Things. Right. And that's something that I think is important. If you know, you feel like this is really impacting your life to seek a mental health professional, to be able to tailor this to your own needs and be able to go through the ways that we can communicate that better, because I can understand that maybe being a little confusing of like, how do I do that without over, you know, Mm -hmm. getting reassurance or trying to get external validation. And again, faking it till we make it type of communication style through it. And just saying, you know, I, I just want to run this by you. And how did, does this Mm -hmm. sound you? Okay, great. You know, regardless of constructive criticism or not, taking it as a positive for ourselves and not reassure or validation that we did something wrong. Yeah. Kind of like a confirmation. Right. So also to separate our feelings from our facts. So are you creating more of a story to our anxiety than we're actually feeling? It's like how much of our inner dialogue, like we were saying is based on the truth. Mm-hmm. But I think you mm-hmm. mentioned it before, Liana, like what evidence do we have toward this? is there. Okay. So I'm basing it off of my past, maybe of the person that I was when I was in high school or who I thought I was even, maybe there's no even evidence for that then, but like you said, the stigma and okay. Am I the same person in general that I was in high school or then? No, definitely not. Yeah. Or even in a different career or job placement. No, we're always changing. We're always growing. It could be the next day and we're different than we were the following. So what evidence do we have that's telling us? And I'm sure there are definitely times where people are going to say negative things, or like I said, if there's a customer mm-hmm. or something telling you that, you know, you're incompetent, or if we're told you're an incompetent therapist, you shouldn't be a therapist. You have no right. You're unintelligent. All those things can trigger someone who has already yeah. thought those things. Right. Right. It would be really upsetting. So there's a lot of self, like inner work that we have to do to be able to battle those comments made because that's not our evidence. Just because someone's right. saying it like that- Doesn't make it true. Right, there's a lot of other things. Who's saying it? What's the context, right? Yeah. How much do we value this person's opinion? You know, there's a lot of things involved in that. So we need to gather more evidence toward that. So true. And like the last big thing that is, I think, just really- really great to take home is that giving yourself grace and accepting where you're at rather than trying to be something you're not. So again, going back to my 23 year old self first getting into the field, I'm 23 and I don't know much yet. Right. Like that is okay because I'm not the first 23 year old at that time. And I'm not going to be the last, and I'm always going to be learning even when I'm 75 and asking questions, asking for help. And, you know, again, meeting yourself where you're at again, like I said, we're not perfect. We don't want to be anyway. What is that? And yeah, that's like really it. There's no big answer there. 
and everyone has to just start somewhere. So the person that we're, I keep going back to comparisons. I feel like that's just such a big one with it. Mm-hmm. But if we're the 23 year old therapist and we're looking at the 30 year old therapist and we're like, oh, they know so much more. They were 23 once too, or they were new to the field too, regardless. Right. Yeah. So starting somewhere and like you said, asking for help and being able to take it and not over question things and just kind of like learning from our own experiences. Yeah. That's about it. Cool. All right. We're going to finish up with a rapid fire when we come back. Okay, so to finish off, we, we thought that we would remind you guys where you can find us, telling you guys a little bit about us, what we specialize in, and everything like that. So as always, obviously, you can follow us on Thursdays We Thrive, email us Thursdays at goodingwellness.com. And um, so for me, I you can find me at goodingwellness.com. I am the assistant director there and I'm a clinician. So I see clients as well, full-time, both virtual and in person in Cold Spring Harbor on Main Street. And I specialize in trauma, eating disorders, body image, anxiety, relationships. Um, Am I missing? Addiction. Why do I always forget that one? It's like, I have a credential for it. Addiction. So I work with significant others. So family members of people who have addicted people in their lives. Um, and when I say addiction, I mean, substance abuse. Um, and you know, a little bit about our practice in gooding wellness, which is long Island teletherapy as well, which is a virtual piece of it as well. Um, we have, I think 16 clinicians, um, variety of specialties from grief, to ADHD, kids, families, couples, uh, marital counseling, uh, addiction. I can go on and on. Um, you know, we ha- we're very wrap around this wrap around approach. where like, uh, we really emphasize family and families being involved. Um, so yeah, that is about it. Sam, take it away. So you can find me on the Long Island telehealth website and Gooding Wellness website to schedule an appointment. And so I specialize with children and family overall parenting to implement with the children and communication skills, relationships, young adults and older adults, individual and together and anxiety and depression and always to, you know, create goals and make them attainable for yourself and find skills and mindfulness strategies to create an overall more efficient and effective way of life. So that's really it too. Cool. Great. Um, And okay, so let's get to our rapid fire. So 
who was our celebrity crush when we were younger? Because it kind of brings us back to like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands vibe. Um, mine, I mean, I specifically remember having a cutout magazine picture of this person on my wall and it was little Romeo. If you guys remember so him, funny. I don't remember. He was, there like, was a show called, think, yes. There was, I was thinking, I'm like, where was he even present in? Right. Like, did he rap for a second? I don't even know. Yeah. Did, was he actually a rapper? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was just the show. Maybe. Was yeah. that Nickelodeon? No. Yeah. I think it was Nickelodeon. I'll have to Google that. That's so funny. I know. Who was yours? <sighs> well, still is. Zach Efron. Oh, I'll, I'll never stop. Oh my God. No, he, yeah. He's a cute I'll never stop trying. <laughs> kidding. Kidding. My boyfriend's gonna listen to this and be like, all right. Um, no, I definitely, I had like thousand posters and like face in a hole. Do you know what that is? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. My cousin and I like send it to each other often of the face in a hole yes. that we used to make. And I used to like legit post them on Facebook. <laughs> be like, met Zach Afro. I'm like, they'll never know. <laughs> and it's like Vanessa Hudgens body. Like it's like black hair. Ridiculous. But I, you know I honestly hated Vanessa Hudgens because of that. I know. It's like, you feel like you're in the relationship. I was so mad. <sighs> but no, yeah. Was, still is, all the above. Definitely Zach Efron. Oh my God, especially now. And then he's changed, right? He there. Have you ever seen that thing? It's like, he's grown with us. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, uh, he had like that Justin Bieber haircut when we yes. needed him to. He was like yes. that high school ba- basketball player. Then he went to 17 again. And now he's like scruffy and wilderness. And <laughs> it just works for him. I don't even know. Is he 30 or something? I, I think he's, yeah, I think he's 30s, like low 30s. Okay. So yeah, he's just following us through life. Yeah. So, so good to have him here with us. You know, yeah. I really needed him. <laughs> uh, same. All right, guys. Well, I, we hope you enjoyed this season and keep thriving and we'll be in touch <laughs> we'll call us we'll call you no kidding call yeah. us make an appointment call us to make an appointment um we hope you guys have a good summer maybe we'll be back who knows but uh keep thriving you know thank you guys for listening to another episode of on thursdays we thrive we love learning and growing with you each thursday If you enjoy listening to us, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. To connect with us on Instagram, you can follow at On Thursdays We Thrive. On Thursdays We Thrive is a partnership between Liana Ross, Sam Triani, and Gooding Wellness, LCSWPC. If you are in New York and would like to speak with a therapist directly or to one of us, head on down to longislandteletherapy.com or goodingwellness.com. Keep thriving.